Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me as always is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hello, Jocelyn. Welcome back. We've done it. We are recording, and uh, this will be on someone's feed in, in the near future. That's how podcasting Yay. works. <laughs> yeah, sorry about the missed week last week, guys. I was uh, definitely not feeling well. I think I had some kind of food poisoning or something. It was It was a very, very off day. And then, uh, yeah, we ended up just being super busy and deciding to skip a week. So apologies, uh, but we are back. We are talking all things games, including the thrilling conclusion to Ryan's XCOM journey. It's true. Uh, I haven't quite finished it yet, but I am still playing XCOM. <laughs> but Ryan, I said thrilling conclusion. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I can work with that. It has been thrilling <laughs> in the sense that I am on my final investigation, but I've been enjoying XCOM Chimera Squad so much, and it's re really been dominating, uh, for at least previously to the last week, it's been dominating a lot of my free time for, for video games, uh, to the point where I... I wanted to uh, also get back into running again on the treadmill, and I've been playing uh, XCOM Chimera Squad via Steam Link on my iPad with a synced controller, but it doesn't have controller <laughs> support, so I have to like fake it with the controller, which contr it's super annoying, but works really great. Totally distracts me. Uh, so by the time I've like done one mission, I've like dragged myself through a mission. I was like, oh man, I've, I've been going for a half hour. Wow, well that was easy. So. I've been using it's been thrilling and the, the thrilling conclusion is basically I'm running from something towards the conclusion of XCOM so it has been thrilling <laughs> I have not fallen over yet so that's a bonus that's good that's, yeah that's a big bonus <laughs> it's super falling bonus. on the treadmill is never never good but especially when uh, your iPad's up there <laughs> oh my god yeah I didn't even think about the potential smashing of technologies yeah. but um, so Chimera Squad overall, even though you haven't quite come to the the conclusion, it's still it's worth the time. It's it's been a good XCOM experience, even if it's a little bit different than the it, original. Yeah, it, it is different from the original XCOM one and two. The initiative order takes a while to get used to because uh, instead of working turn by turn, you're you're working uh uh, sort of ally by enemy so usually i think how it works is on the later maps you've you've got one ally then two enemies going and you have to kind of micromanage that and it's like what's the acceptable oh, so risk? it's not it's not quite like dungeons and dragons initiative where it's kind of like or or even other games where there was like some sort of maybe potentially like speed component to it uh, it's it appears it just to kind be... of like is a set kind of order like you go yeah. I go you go I go sort of thing. I think it's part of the encounter setup. So they've set it up in a way where like, uh, it, you you can tell when you breach uh, into a, an encounter, you're setting the order of your units and how they're gonna move. So if you put your shotgunner in the first position, she is gonna go first. She's gonna have the first shot once once uh combat starts and the breach ends. To all the way down to number four in, in where you put your units and you can control that any way you want like if you want mm. the guy going in the door to go last and the guy going through the wall with a charge to go first you have complete control um how the enemies are placed in the initiative order appears to be just part of the encounter design um but i again like i'm really i'm enjoying the different style of xcom i like that they've added a lot more personality to the characters and that they 
they've uh, done away with custom characters, and I know a lot of people find that um, to be a little disappointing and that they've gotten rid of, you know, custom and randomized characters, so now all the characters have a personality. But I, I've actually really enjoyed that because it, it offers more banter between the characters, more dialogue, more story. So you're playing with characters in your squad that were part of the original invasion in 2015 in XCOM 1 and mm. played a part in the further you know occupation in XCOM 2. So there's some really interesting backstory there. And again, I, I really feel, I, again, I haven't finished it, but I really feel they're leading up to XCOM 3 and that they're setting all these the, they're filling in the gaps of of what could possibly happen between two and three with this very much a, a lore based story based character based uh you know setup and i'm i'm guessing the end of chimera squad good or bad ending will basically f- you know foreshadow what three will be in, in the coming years um so it's it's very it's i've really enjoyed it and again i've i have kind of relegated it to the distraction game but XCOM works so well in that it's it is a very much a like civilization a one more turn but in this case Mm. it's one more encounter you know one more day in the metagame to kind of you know see my numbers go up and micromanaging you know projects and training and there's so much there that you can kind of tinker with and that's what I get really lost in is the is the meta game of of the XCOM stuff. It's the tinkering. Where, yeah, it, you know, like Mass Effect Two had it a lot. Mass Effect Three, where you're you know you're doing the the minerals and the the planet visiting and the scanning, like that sort of stuff. I really like that. A lot of people find it to be like useless sort of fluff in a game, but I yeah, <laughs> I really like it. Uh, it's just oddly soothing, I guess. Sort of like Animal Crossing. It's like you mm. know, what? I'm just gonna like. Just gonna bang some Scan rocks some and get out of here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, just uh, maybe some money comes out, maybe some gold ore. I don't know. Just gonna relax and see what happens. <laughs> you know. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know why that sounds so like wrong and dirty. <laughs> maybe it's, it's just my brain. But <laughs> no, I mean, I think I think you were very good in the first two or three you know times that I accidentally said something inappropriate, and then you. I lost you on a I, I, Yeah, I lost it. <laughs> but yeah, um, still very much enjoying XCOM. And I think the they had a deal for 50% off. That has gone away and it's now full price. I think it's a $40 experience. It's standalone. But you can find it on sale at the original 50% off plus, you know, uh, elsewhere, other, other sites. Like I think Green Man Gaming had it still at the 50% off. So there are still locations with... Uh, with the discount still applicable, but uh, I, I really, I'm really enjoying it. And I don't recommend playing it the way I'm playing it with a, so I, Steam Link works really well on the iPad and I've got a controller. I've got a, um, what is this? It's a, it's one of those 8-bit pro, 8-bit dough controllers. And it's like a Super NES controller, but it's styled like a, it's got the two control sticks as well. So it syncs perfectly oh, okay. with the iPad. And uh, if, chimera squad had true controller support it would be totally amazing because i love xcom with controller support but this one unfortunately does not so it emulates um steam link does its best to emulate um sort of the the keyboard and mouse and xcom is such just a mouse driven game uh that you can just kind of click through it and uh it's it's worked okay it's not ideal um i might have to shelve it and find something else to keep me busy but i've been I'm really enjoying it. I think people should definitely check it out if 
if they haven't already, if they're XCOM fans. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, with the caveat of it, because I have, you have not, to like, but I have not played any XCOMs. No, so. <laughs> you have to, uh, you have to enjoy, uh, I think, strategic turn-based combat, but then you also have to enjoy the formula of XCOM, and I mean, that goes for, I, I feel really bad, I mean, honestly, my intention uh, two weeks ago was to start playing Gears Tactics, and I have not loaded it up because I've been so, you know, busy with XCOM Chimera Squad and it just it beat it I feel by like two that days happens yeah I feel like that happens to you often I feel like every time we talk about XCOM you're like well I meant to do XYZ yeah. but instead I XCOMed it, like it's just it's so your jam yeah, I, love I don't it. think there's there's any other game really that we've covered recently in the last couple of years I would say that just grabs you the way that this XCOM franchise grabs you which I'm so glad because mm. it doesn't appeal to me at all for whatever reason, like I honestly can't put my finger on it, but like I've watched my husband play. I like I've watched other people like streamers and stuff play. And I'm just like, yeah, not my thing at all. <laughs> no, and, I mean, I uh, I think what I love so much about it is that it feels accessible. Um, playing some Fire Emblem games for uh, for uh, Summoner's Call. We're doing a game club, so we're playing Sacred Stones and that's a fun i love fire emblem but it's it's a, it not only is it an older rendition of fire emblem but it's it's very much a a one and done sort of uh if your characters die they die that sort of ruling and there's no quality of life there if you make one little mistake or someone gets a crit on your character and you have to reset the the match took me two days to finish one of the chapters we were going to talk about but with xcom chimera squad like it's very quick xcom's always been a a quick thing and and simple um you know, fun to play, but hard to master in the sense that you're you're having to combine all of these skill sets. And uh, Chimera Squad does offer some new abilities for your characters that are really fun. And I think it's a cool experiment. But yeah, like XCOM is my civilization. It's why I don't go near civilization <laughs> games because I have to finish it. I have to finish the scenario. There, whether Yeah, there is no finishing Civ. <laughs> I, I know. And that's where with XCOM Chimera Squad, it's like, I'm going to have, I'm, gonna have to kind of strategically place this in a bin so that i can keep playing it and and use it as that carrot on the stick but also finish it at some point because if i don't finish it it's going to basically buzz just be buzzing in my in the back of my brain like oh i wonder mm -hmm. what's happening <laughs> so i think i'm close I'm, I'm nearing the end of the final investigation so there's three investigations that you get to do as you're looking into these like you know criminal uh groups and I'm right. on the last one, and I'm guessing once the last one's done, it's like, oh, but really, this is the puppet master, and and we'll fight that person, and it'll be like, oh, we did it, and it's like, oh, but really, there's a bad guy, you know, looming out a there. A bigger bad guy, yeah. Yeah, XCOM three. <laughs> there's always yeah. a bigger bad guy. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah, for sure. So I, I, again, like, I'm really enjoying it, and I'll, I'll probably finish it up sooner rather than later because I, it's, it's, it's got its hooks. For sure. Well, one thing that I've really been enjoying, and I know I've talked about it on and off in the past, but I'm I'm back in again. Um, so I think I talked about it last week, possibly as well, but ESO. So I can't remember if I had talked about it actually on the show or if it was just in the Discord, but basically there is a Skyrim DLC coming out very shortly. Um, I think it's uh, a couple weeks away now. And 
the excitement of Skyrim has gotten me back into the Elder Scrolls universe just playing through this MMO, which you don't even necessarily have to play as a multiplayer. Like, I haven't gotten to the point yet where I've actually been doing any kind of multiplayer content because there's just so much quest content. And I've actually started doing... So when I got back into it, I was doing some kind of like side quest stuff. But as I've gotten, you know, further and further into it and spent more and more time and kind of like reacquainted myself with all the menus and the game systems and everything else, um, I very much like I noticed how like they have like your the main zone story has like a little special symbol by it and stuff versus all the side quests. So I was doing side quest stuff and then I was like, OK, I'm going to get myself back on track for the main story because I've just about hit level 20 and I'm like, OK, I, I feel like I should start doing something and moving through the zone in a meaningful way, which is kind of funny because I mean, a while ago now they introduced the kind of like play wherever you want to level, but I want to make sure that like I make my way through some semblance of a story <laughs> before <laughs> I hit max level. Um, but yeah, so I've just been playing through and questing and the amount of systems in that game are so interesting and complex and cool like all of the crafting stuff feels super meaningful i mean like i've been reading all kinds of guides and stuff and a lot of them say like make sure that you're like disenchanting all this stuff because that's how you make the best gear and i'm like whoa wait a second crafting in this game matters <laughs> like crafting in wow doesn't matter at all <laughs> the only people that matter are like cooks and alchemists <laughs> but in eso very, very similar to just kind of their philosophy with the entire game, because basically there's a way to create and build a character as any race in any class to play any role in the game. So, you know, DPS, healer, tank, everyone. You can even you can have an actual legit, not a joke, not a meme mage tank <laughs> like that is a thing that exists in eso it's very difficult to play well but you can do it you can build it <laughs> so it's like which at first was a little bit intimidating to me but i just love that universe so much i love like the high fantasy there's so much stuff going on in there that makes me really realize some of the other stuff that i've been playing just like I don't want to say they're coasting, hmm. but ESO is doing a lot of things. I think that they're not necessarily getting credit for. Like, I mean, I was doing side quests that I didn't even realize were side quests because even the NPCs that you don't have to talk to have like multiple levels of fully voiced dialogue just to basically say, like, for instance, I was investigating a murder and they're like, well, I didn't see anything, but I spend most of my days staring out at the sea and watching the birds. And this is where my father grew up. And this town is so important to me. And this is like three pages of fully voiced dialogue in. And then they're like, but I'm so sorry. I didn't see who killed so-and-so. Yeah, she so -and -so. yeah. <laughs> but, but she didn't. That's the thing. Oh, These are all just like every random. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> These are, this is just like the level of, um, I guess, detail mm -hmm. that they've put into this game that some NPC that you don't have to directly interact with. Like basically the quest just said, like, talk to the townspeople, 
So there's like three or four townspeople that actually give you clues about the murder, but there's 20 people in town and you can go and talk to all 20 of those people and they have fully voiced different voice lines. They're fully realized characters. They have roles in the town. So it's like you've got like a butcher and a baker and probably a candlestick maker. Who knows? <laughs> but... <laughs> like, where are you going? Oh, I get it. <laughs> but like they have all those people who have backstories who, you know, recently immigrated maybe or who've been there forever and there's all these different racial tensions and stuff within the town because mm. the whole island just opened itself to outsiders for the first time in 10,000 years or something like it just and and none of these people do you actually have to interact with but they've built up the world so thoroughly that all of that like extra stuff just pulls me right in in a way that like talking to npcs in other games very much just doesn't like i don't feel like i can just blindly power level through eso i guess mm -hmm. because i feel like i would be missing out on so much of the experience and it's such a great experience it's this just fully fleshed out and realized world and I'm just loving it so much. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it. The interesting part about Elder Scrolls is uh, when we first talked about it when it came out. I think we we don't often uh, get negative feedback. We're uh, we have we get mostly positive. We have feedback. we have a very very positive nice community for yeah, sure, <laughs> which is great. I and I much prefer that. Uh, and but when we did that Elder Scrolls Online, uh, you were playing it. We just got some real nasty stuff because, again, when when a competitor comes into a market that has the, you know, the 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 king, right? You have World of Warcraft. Everybody who even tries to step on uh, on that person's, you know, tail gets, you know, booed and shunned and and and, and sent away. But I I love that Elder Scrolls Online has really proven itself in that they have put out what yearly expansions that have been well received for the most part i think i i've not heard of any yeah, so grumbling they they basically do or at least they have done uh last year and this year i i definitely went through a period where i wasn't paying as close attention to eso um and so basically they last year was like year of the dragon and they did a whole bunch of stuff with like they did a whole expansion of like the Khajiits, um, like the homeland, their homeland. And they did um, like this year, they're going back to Skyrim and there's like a major expansion in the middle. And then there's like smaller DLC packs that are usually like some questing, possibly something like they added like vampires and they added werewolves, just mm -hmm. the same as like they had in Skyrim. Those are added to the game. Um, they'll add like additional dungeons and like raid content so like their dlc packs are very much like our patches would be in world of warcraft but then then they also have the big expansion so yeah there was an expansion last year there's the expansion that's coming at the end of the month the expansion coming at the end of the month is like a whole new questing zone a whole new story it's skyrim a thousand years before the single player skyrim game hmm. um so you're not like you're interacting with the same like area of the world but it won't be like the same people but like all like the cities will exist you know it's just a thousand years earlier 
Yeah, it's really so cool. much the same sort of thing as like Tamriel and, and Cyrodiil and all that kind of stuff that we saw in other in like Oblivion and stuff. Like you're interacting with all of that world. It's just that it's a thousand years before any of the storylines that we interacted with in like the single player Elder Scrolls. So yeah, yeah this has always been connected yet removed from yeah the single exactly. player games. But the but the look and feel is there and. I mean, I'm uh, I'm definitely eyeing the expansion that's coming out. I, I think I, the last I played was. Morrowind. It's hard to ignore. It's hard to ignore uh, Skyrim, eh? Like it just. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it captured it's... our hearts so completely. Like but... when we started this show, like that's what we just couldn't stop talking. Ryan and I couldn't stop talking to each other about Skyrim to the point that we were like. Should we just like try starting a podcast, like see where it goes? Four hundred and eighteen episodes later, here we are. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I think I would be doing this show a disservice if I didn't join you in playing the uh, Elder right? Scrolls and, and Greymore. <laughs> I think is the expansion. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I loved Skyrim. Was one of those things where it was my first Elder Scrolls that I really truly got into and finished all the main content in in Skyrim, including the DLC. Like, I didn't do every little thing, but I definitely did all the main mainline stuff and uh i've always appreciated elder scrolls online's um attention to voiceovers and uh just the music and and just everything they've done to make that game what it is i'm not necessarily fond i know when i log in it's gonna like there's gonna be a bunch of shit flying at me like i know they have the store and the you know the the bucks and uh all that fun stuff so i'm gonna have to wade through that but yeah, that's definitely a a potential criticism, I can say, is that like, so basically they've got um, the crown store. And I think like, thankfully, I came from Hearthstone. So I already had like a concept of how like all this stuff kind of works. But you can basically buy, I think it's called ESO Plus. It's like their subscription service. So the entire game went free to play and now they've got um, ESO plus, which gives you a certain number of crowns every month, which is how I had an insane crown balance. Ryan, I don't even know if I should tell you. <laughs> this is you subscribing but, to ESO plus, so right? For... I've Yeah. So I've been subscribed to ESO plus almost as long as ESO plus has been a thing. Every once in a while, I'll turn it off. And then a couple months later, I'll go back to ESO and be like, I should just have plus because basically what plus does is it um, automatically unlocks all the DLC content as long as you are subscribed to ESO plus. So it gives you access to just the entire game minus expansions. Um, And it also gives you an unlimited slot crafting bag. So any materials that you pick up in the world, you never have to worry about your inventory space. They just, they just go in this unlimited bag of holding. So those two things kind of combined have always made me go, I should just get plus. Mm -hmm. So you also get, and honestly, I can't even tell you how much the the monthly crown allowance is when you have Mm -hmm. plus, but you get some amount of crowns every month. And I actually looked at like the bundles you can buy because you can buy that currency just without being an ESO plus member. You can just buy a currency. And uh, I had like, $350 worth. Wow. (laughs) It's like not, not, not because I like I paid directly for the currency just from 
my accumulated like if i were to just go buy that number of crowns in the store it would have cost me like 350 dollars i mean uh well at least uh, i think we've made this joke before but like you better be buying people mounts like you get a mount you get a mount everyone well, look under the so- chair you got a mount you know <laughs> This is the thing is that like they do uh, kind of cycle stuff in and out of that store. Mm -hmm. And so things are available for a limited time. Some of them are available for crowns, but some of them are available in essentially Hearthstone card packs, (laughs) except for they're called crates. So you can you can use your yeah, you can. It is it's loot crates. You can use your crowns to go buy a crate and then the crate gives you four or sometimes five. Um, because sometimes you can just get a random bonus legendary item or at least all my bonus items were always legendary items I don't know if that's always the case and then uh, so you get those items there's a certain set of items in each type of crate because like there was like a storm crate that just ended a couple days ago now they have a new crate with a new set of items in the store now Um, but basically you buy those And then they give you four to five random items of varying rarity. And if you get multiples, then you end up with this extra currency called gems, (laughs) which is basically like dust in Hearthstone. Um, So at least like I already had that kind of like touchstone of understanding of like how that sort of a system would work because I'm used to Hearthstone card packs. But it would be super, super overwhelming to try to like navigate through that store if I didn't already have that kind of like knowledge base. So mm-hmm. that's like, on the one hand, it's a criticism that I'm going to levy against basically any game that does random loot type stuff. And I think that Hearthstone is like, uh, I'm levying the same criticism against them as everybody else. They've done a little bit better more recently by adding duplicate protection so basically like you can't get a duplicate of a certain rarity level until your collection is complete at that rarity level which is really really good and kind of like decreases the risk in buying a loot box but it's still an effing loot box Mm -hmm. (laughs) so (laughs) i uh yeah like i i'm gonna levy this criticism against anyone that has these sort of like random loot mechanics in their game which is all that card packs are and uh yeah so like i i do think that that monetization model really sucks and i don't like it (laughs) but i mean that's also paying for my ability to play the game right so because because eso is now free to play you don't have to be a plus member you don't have to buy crowns in the store like you can just log in as long as you own eso because eso it, the game itself i'm pretty sure you still have to buy the base game um, yeah. but there is no like required monthly subscription like there is in world of warcraft so i understand they got to keep the lights on somehow um i just wish it wasn't random loot boxes i would rather just straight up pay my money for cosmetics <laughs> like yeah. okay this thing that I want, this mount cost me $10. Bam, done. But I hate the the roundabout loot box way. Um, so anyways, the inventory and stuff, like because all of the systems in ESO are so, I just say like complicated, but I think maybe like fleshed out is a better word for it. Like there are a lot of zones 
there are a lot of characters. There's a lot of quests. There's, like I said, you can build any character to play any role, which then comes with a crazy number of complications. And like, there's just, it's a lot. <laughs> so if anyone is going to try to jump in now, one thing that I definitely realized was guides for this game, at least right this second, for completely new players are very hard to find in terms of like being up to date. You can find a lot of stuff from like 2017, 2018, which I'm pretty sure is when they brought in the idea that you can level in any zone, regardless of the level that you are. So like all that like scaling technology. When that came in, I think a lot of people made like new player guides, but I couldn't find like new player guides for 2020 going into like the Graymore patch <laughs> sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think that it can be like a lot of information. And I found a lot of guides were like, well, if this is your end goal, you should do this. And I'm like, I don't even know enough to know what my end goal is. <laughs> so it's, it's a lot. It's overwhelming. But I think you can also get a lot out of the game just jumping into it and playing in a way that you find fun because the world is so well fleshed out. There's a lot to do. And I think um, you can be a, I don't know, fire mage that also casts ice. And those two things might not be the ultimate end game PVP build. But as long as you're playing it and having fun, I think that there's there's a lot of uh, flexibility within that combat system. So especially when you're leveling up, right? Yeah. And don't have to worry about doing content with other players. But uh, I do find like it's things are very challenging. I die, which is something I don't often do in World of Warcraft anymore, unless it's like a raid fight and <laughs> like it's a boss that we don't know what we're doing sort of thing. Um, but just like day to day questing. I don't even remember the last time I died in WoW when I didn't have world PVP turned on. But Elder Scrolls is very challenging. I do die. You have to be careful how much you pull when you're leveling because their scaling is not meant for you to just roll over stuff. So, and it's out, it's also active combat, right? So mm -hmm. you also have to dodge things. There's, you know, um, areas on the ground that you shouldn't be in when they're doing big moves and stuff. Like, there's a lot to the game. And uh, yeah, I just, I highly recommend it. Everyone should just, just come in and play ESO with me. And if you are going to play ESO, hit me up in the Discord because mm -hmm. I want to, I definitely want to play with people. So, and wow. I think I've started like six or seven different characters now. So as long as you're like level 25 or under, I probably have a character on whatever continent you want to play. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm uh, I'm going to definitely jump in. I probably should jump in before the expansion. The expansion comes out, what, the 22nd on PC? Is it's that... yeah it's the 20 something um mm. i have the 26th in my head but that could be something totally unrelated i don't remember but it's um, the 20 something for sure <laughs> yeah the 26 sounds right that's a tuesday but if it was a friday <laughs> yeah i mean the thing is i I, I probably do need to jump in to get familiar because i don't think i ever played yeah. enough of it to kind of get an idea for it right so i i really i am starting from from the bottom level so, yeah, i gotta look at that the, mo the most bottom yep yeah and they've so. added a couple i think uh probably since the last time you played 
they would have added uh, the character type that I'm playing, which is the Dragon Knight. And I think they also added a Necromancer. I don't think either one of those were in the original game. So they might be um, just something that are, you know, worth looking into and considering when you're jumping okay. back in. I think I have a mage. I'm not totally sure, but I, 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 I have to jump back in and I will push off to install it, but uh, I'm definitely <laughs> picking up the expansion. I think I skipped, I skipped Somerset and Elsewire, Elsewire. Uh, mm -hmm. So, but, uh, this Elsewire, is it. I think was the, uh, was the dragon one. And then yeah. Somerset, Somerset is where I'm currently leveling through. Um, so I'm not actually leveling through the like main campaign or Morrowind or anything. I am I am leveling through um, the Somerset content, and I mean it, it's the, it's the elves. I love it. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh, I I feel you on that for sure. It's also the uh, the kind of like faction I chose, even though I'm not an elf. I'm not playing an elf. I'm playing an imperial, but that's still the faction I chose. Because mm. elves. <laughs> right. No, of course. No, uh, you had me at elves, right? So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, the only other thing I've really been up to lately has been Animal Crossing. And even then I find, um, so I've been doing the turn up buying and selling right. strictly through like friends, like people I know. Mm -hmm. And through friends and people I know, I've been able to pay off my final home loan, which was like 2.5 million bells, I think. Something I... I Tom Nook totally took me. I would love to know <laughs> like, what material that guy's using. Like, like right? <laughs> I, that's an expensive small home. Right? Know. And uh, I mean, it was just, I mean, maybe it was because he didn't put the basement in first. He put the basement in last and then was like, whoa, this is going to take a lot of construction equipment to not ruin the house and build you a base overnight. So maybe that's why it's so expensive because he didn't think ahead. I don't that's know, true. but <laughs> I mean, for those of uh, who are, are caught up on uh, Better Call Saul, yeah, they know how expensive it is to put a a large basement underneath an existing building. So yeah, <laughs> not easy, man, not easy. So maybe that's where the cost comes from. But so I have I have now paid off my final home loan, mm. and so now. <laughs> I'm not necessarily, first of all, I didn't buy turnips this week and it's such a relief. It's like, Isn't I was it? getting so stressed out about what price I was going to sell my turnips for. It was unhealthy. So I didn't do that this week. And I find I'm just kind of like poking my head in. I, I unlocked the ability to terraform, but I haven't really done too much of it because I kind of like my island, like the way that it is. I don't want it to be, you know, this perfect place like i like the rusticness of my original island uh design i guess so i haven't really changed too too much of it i tried to put paths down and then they didn't do what i wanted to do mm -hmm. again lots of perfect right angles and i was like no i want diagonals so yeah i've just kind of like been poking my head in to see what the nooks have every day and see what the what the sisters have cranked out for for new clothes for me but yeah i haven't really been playing all that that much and it has to do with turnips mm -hmm. <laughs> and i know you actually had an experience last week with the stock market discord yeah and i'm and i'm curious to know how all of that kind of went because it's something i've stayed away from because and we'll talk about why in a few minutes but sure. just tell me about your experience first so right off the bat 
the experience with the stock market discord has been fantastic it worked almost flawlessly after uh doing a couple of just twitter so i i have someone on twitter i was following and they're like oh i've got uh you know 350 bells per turn up so come on down so um but she had posted her uh, dodo code publicly she has uh, some somewhat of a following um and uh so it was busy so trying to get in was a, was a headache trying to sell was a headache and then trying to get out of there was also a headache uh, where I found that also I found through that experience that if you if there's a way to exit someone else's island through a pause menu, but that kills the whole session for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and again, like you talked about this when we first started talking about it, I hadn't experienced it till just this moment of like, OK, that's super frustrating and takes way too much time. In our Discord, uh, in the Animal Crossing channel, which is filled with awesome people, they had suggested the stock market Discord. And essentially what it is, it's a Discord with a with a bot that's been set up and a, and a very, very strict system uh, that, that basically dictates how you join someone's session to sell turnips. And it's all based on reviews and... Uh, both on the side of selling and buying so if you are not following the rules they can kick you from ban you from the discord essentially and if you're not uh, following the rules from a selling standpoint you can also uh, get banned as well so essentially how it works is in the selling uh, channel people will post and create these sometimes they'll post and say like if they have like a 300 and lower turnip price they will say uh, just dm me for the code i don't expect people to go bananas over this and we'll that person will micromanage or you can go through the bot and essentially it says like this person has turnips for this price uh hit the you, you know we're doing um 20 groups and four people per group so that limits it in the sense that so what i did was it says hit the turnip icon to to join the session you hit the turnip icon you'll get a discord message saying hey you've joined this session you'll receive your dodo code when this person is is ready uh and essentially what it was is i waited another 20 minutes i got the dodo code i went to the island every everyone was already there so the four of us were already there and there's not like random people joining and leaving you don't have to keep trying the dodo code because something's going on in the island uh because there, there are four people there and I, I got in, I sold, and there was very, you know, strict uh, strict guidelines on like, okay, don't leave the island, just collect in the airport, and I'll end the session, the user will end the session. And mm-hmm. I was in, I sold my turnips, I got, went to the airport, everything was, it was so seamless and worked so well. <laughs> and th- this is the thing about Nintendo games, is like, they easily could have designed these turnip sellings and, and had like a, a literal stock market and had some fun with it and designed a system there but because they haven't the internet has come in and designed a system for us and uh it works so well to the point we were talking about this on friday when we were thinking of recording that it's kind of ruined turnips on the other side of of the of of the scale and that i bought i bought a million bells worth of turnips on sunday i haven't even checked my prices i'm not even worried about it i'm just gonna use this discord and pop over to three or four islands and sell my turnips and and call it a day you know well yeah and and so that's kind of where where the question comes in because you talked about how nintendo doesn't control this system anymore and i think that 
the way that it probably used to work and the way that it is meant to work from an economy standpoint. Now, I say this knowing that you can do all kinds of things like basically Animal Crossing is not any kind of a competitive game. So it is very much the definition of you play your way. It's much like the, um, oh, I can't even remember the code off the top of my head now, but in The Sims, in the very original Sims, you could enter in a cheat code and you could essentially give yourself unlimited money. And you're not hurting anyone, mm-hmm. right? Because you're not playing against anyone. You're just like fast tracking your own kind of experience. So I do think that it is very much like it's it's hard to call it cheating. And I don't think it is cheating because it's you like you're not it's not a competitive game. But I kind of wonder if Nintendo has like inadvertently by ignoring the fact that the Internet exists, if they've kind of like broken the economy of their own game by creating this stock market and by allowing you to sell on other people's codes like a sec- uh, essentially by creating these dodo codes and letting you go to islands of people you don't really know then which i mean you could do by friending people and and being switch friends and whatever and then you know just going to islands like there's there's ways to obviously work around any system which is why maybe nintendo was just like eh give them the temporary codes, whatever. But it definitely feels like it's it's broken something. It, it, it like it's made yeah. something too easy. Because like you said, the whole point is it's supposed to be you and your social circle like talking amongst yourselves mm-hmm. and, and taking a chance. And it's like they've removed the chance part of this system by using resources available online like this stock market discord. Which yeah. is something I haven't used. I've just used my own like friend group. But even then, I use the friend group term really loosely. No offense to you guys, but like when you've got <laughs> when, but like I mean, I've got. Wait, didn't I you sell my, on my island? What the heck? <laughs> I think, yeah. I'm just kidding. But I mean, like I have my my raid team Discord, which is not only our current active raiding team, but basically anyone who has ever raided with us in the last like three years, uh-huh. which has grown to to quite an extensive group of people. And then, uh, and like, and then it's like all the people that they know too that are playing Animal Crossing right now. Because anytime anyone has a friend, and this goes for all of my communities, but anytime anyone has a friend, they're like, oh, and also by the way, my friend's island has this. And then you know, I've got the the Angry Chicken community. Obviously, we've got the TGI community, and then again, all of their extended like player knowledge. So, without ever venturing into a stock market discord or reddit post or anything i've been able to sell my turnips for like 370 or higher every single week without ever really trying that hard Mm. (laughs) and it shouldn't and it shouldn't i don't think anyways that nintendo meant the system to work like that and and you're right like i mean uh when i so I've paid off my loan as well. My my house is completely paid for and I've got all the upgrades. And to some people that's that's the that's the end game. They've gotten their their upgrades. Now they're just going to fill their their rooms. But for me, um that was sort of what was standing in the way of of fully enjoying the game is like I want my maximum amount of space so I can design my basement. I mean, I I put a freezer in the basement 
and uh, I've been I've I've had this like shelving unit since I started the game that I've finally been able to place, and now I feel like I can truly enjoy the game. I can go in, I can check the shops and like buy something for the house as opposed to just putting it in storage. Um, so on one hand, like I'm glad I've been able to do that by kind of cheesing the 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 stock market. Um, it's not it's not cheating it's 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 there for you but but it does feel kind of like a like a like a you're skipping like a shortcut yeah a shortcut and and i played animal crossing on gamecube i remember what it's like to remember to log in at a certain time to check the prices to do this to do that to and you were earning bells back in my day on the gamecube when we didn't (laughs) have the lan adapter you just dealt with what you dealt with you you earned bells you worked hard you didn't hop to someone's island and 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 sell turnips you you earned your living right and (laughs) (laughs) with with the internet now they're they're just we we can communicate with with people all over the world just because they're you're able to sell turnips for 600 bells uh at this random strangers and and it's very clinical like that's the other thing that that feels very it's it's a little like uh it's exciting min maxi it's very min maxing (laughs) but but it's exciting that you're selling these turnips but then you quickly realize like oh these people have very clearly set up their island in a way not everybody but most folks who are selling at high prices have set up their island where it's like you walk to the store you sell the turnips you walk back to the airport. It's very And there's clinical. like stuff or a fence or yeah. something in the way to prevent you, can't you from ex- getting to the rest of the island. Yeah. You can't explore. But I remember I went to, you know, Jules Island and, and uh, sold turnips there. And she was perfectly happy with me running around, you know, and, and looking at all the cool stuff, right? And exploring her island. Um, and that's kind of uh, what I definitely miss from from the turnip market uh not it's only been a week i mean but but the thing is i don't need to i don't need the turnips market to 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 force me to go to someone's island i can just i can just go i went to to valerie's uh island who's also in the in the discord channel um and she's got quite the setup like it's an amazing setup my i am still a deserted island in comparison to she's literally set up hawaii (laughs) uh like high end it's it's amazing so I think um, I think wh- where I'm at right now is like I'm gonna I'm gonna do the stock market this one last time, and I'll have enough bells. <laughs> That's what they all say. That's what they all say. But I don't need a bunch. We I don't need a bunch of bells in 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 the bank. You know I'm happy with my my cool basement that was put in. You know last it was very weird. You're right. Uh, so <laughs> I, I'm cool with that. And I think. I thought the bridges were expensive when they first started, but now like 200,000 bells, that's not too bad, you mm-hmm. know? Um, so I, I'm, so I think I'm content. I think this is probably, and uh, any of you out there who are not fans of Animal Crossing yeah. are probably like, oh, thank you. This is probably the last time that we're going to talk about Animal Crossing. So Ryan, I have to ask. So you huh. said you put a freezer in your basement and also you <laughs> have been, you've been to my house. So yeah. you've seen my back room. I've seen the back room. Yeah. Yeah. So I I am curious to know what you put in your basement and what you think is in my basement. <laughs> uh well, I mean, I'm so here's the thing. I I'm boring. So Animal Crossing is this weird escape for me in that um I Ashley's even joked like I'll, I'll bring the switch up and 
the kids are content and I'm just like, oh, I just got to get in and check something. And she's like, man, if you took care of our gardens, like you took care of the gardens in Animal Crossing. <laughs> and I'm like, it's so true. Oh, my God. I'm the same. True. Uh, I was and- like, I said to Matt, I'm like, I'm making I'm making like flower hybrids. He's like, your garden outside this window is full <laughs> of weeds. <laughs> yeah, like, but yeah, and- I can't just push a button and it automatically puts in my inventory and then I can sell those weeds. I mean, come on. <laughs> And sometimes when there's a special vendor, I can sell them for double. Like we don't even have right. the, the 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 singular vendor here. Like I mean, <laughs> step it up, farmers market. Um, I I think like and I I I kind of just enjoy the game by just living in it and just enjoying it. And and I think that's where uh, my house is very boring in that I have a bathroom and I have an office and I have a bedroom uh, that I have to move upstairs now that I have an upstairs. But then I have my basement. It's very much a basement thing. It's just going to be filled with shit plus a freezer, (laughs) like a deep freezer where I put all of my Costco meat and uh you know uh my killings. I mean my winnings. Recreating you're basically recreating your house but in Animal Crossing. (laughs) Exactly. But I get to have a sweet basketball hoop in my basement you know nice. instead of uh instead of i mean i guess maybe i should just buy a bunch of kids toys and throw them in the basement as well in front of the basketball hoop <laughs> so i don't get to use it so i think that's that's the reality if i really wanted to duplicate what i have what i have here like i i, I am and yeah that's that's how i play animal crossing is i'm just like oh i can't wait to set up my house in this very specific way and then like build some bridges because i'm sick and tired of like vaulting across this river all the time yeah and build a bunch of ramps and uh i want to keep enjoying the events i I think the events are a lot of fun uh i did the may day event um that just happened and caden was so distraught that we couldn't go back to that island back to that maze uh, uh that the maze was was fun was interesting yeah, it was a lot sure. of fun and and Caden really liked it and then when we left the island and he wanted he said, well let's do it again and I'm like I don't think we can and he was on the he he started to weep and I was like oh buddy oh, no. don't worry it'll be back you next make year a maze though <laughs> and that's this did I I said what if we made a maze so he's like yeah yeah let's make a maze and I looked it up and like, okay, we can we can build hedge mazes and kind of stuff. So we're, that's what we're going to do is we're going to build a, a hedge maze because Caden was just it, literally in tears because we couldn't go back to this island. And I get it. Aww. The maze was really cool. And I figured it was like, do it once per day. I felt bad because I took my time getting to it. And I'm glad I did because you could only do it once. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm still very much enjoying it. And I mean, until there's some significant updates to it i don't yeah you're right we probably won't be talking about it but we got a discord channel to talk about it every day so we do we, we do. have our outlet <laughs> yeah so uh but what's in you your guys. basement sorry I, oh, I, what's in my basement oh okay um so i decided like i mean obviously you know you've been to my house but i have a <laughs> like um crazy like shrine slash summoning circle in my back room of my house which the first time ryan went was like what the hell is going on (laughs) and and literally it was like the first thing i got on my island that i like shook out of a tree or shot down from a balloon or something was the anatomical model right so then i got a candle and i was like (gasps) oh oh my god (laughs) 
so I put it in the back room of my house and I was like it's like a summoning circle get it he's like halfway summoned and Matt was like you can never change this it needs to exist like this for the rest of forever and I was like yeah so that's the back room of my house and then so in my basement I made a mad scientist basement so I have like a hamster cage and a and an ant farm and then like uh I've got a science set and I've got a whole bunch of like stacks of documents everywhere. It's my <laughs> mad scientist lab. <laughs> well, I'm see I'm glad I have a regular house. Why why on earth would I would I want a regular house I was just in my joke, like fantasy you're, world? <laughs> you're duplicating your your actual house. I, I've been to your actual house as well. Um, there is a summoning Nobody room. Nobody knows about my crazy summoning room, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> There's definitely like a half summon team in the basement. I mean, it's, uh, no, I mean, and that's the thing. Everyone, this is one of the few make your own fun type games that I, that I really glom onto and i think it's because it's the nintendo stuff and and yes there's some really annoying nintendo stuff in here um but if you just they've really improved upon it from from previous previous animal crossing so there's less nintendo bullshit but there's still some yeah uh, which is unfortunate but but you know it is what it is so Mm -hmm. like i said this is probably the last time we're going to talk about animal crossing apologies for everyone who is relying on me not getting this game (laughs) to give them a little part of the (laughs) internet that wasn't focused on animal crossing but you know it is what it is you guys just just deal with it we're done now i promise uh thank you so much to our may patron matthew p uh, he went over to patreon.com slash the gamers in and is now supporting the show. And we very, very much appreciate it. That brings us to the news. And we've got a couple of little bits and pieces of stuff that we wanted to kind of point you towards this week. So I think first and foremost, one thing that we have to talk about, because it kind of ties into another piece of news, um, is the Summer Games Fest. Mm-hmm. So Jeff Keeley has announced this. He's basically... Um, I guess in the absence of things like uh, Gamescom and E3, he's kind of created this span of time from May through the end of August where he has taken it upon himself to be executive (laughs) in charge of gaming announcements, which included the announcement of a remaster of Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2, which is coming in September. Now, Ryan... Mm -hmm. Are you a Tony Hawk fan? Because the internet seemed to lose its shit today. And I was kind of like, people play skateboarding games? <laughs> uh, okay. Well, I will say that Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 on the N64 was a was a game that I played a lot of. I, I've played a lot of these games. I was never like... Oh man, they're the they're the bee's knees, but I do I do really like them and the fact that they're they're remastering. And this doesn't this doesn't look like a typical remaster. Like these are these are PlayStation 1 and 64 games and they have it looks like they've completely rebuilt them um in a new engine because this is not mm-hmm. this is not a this is not a uh this is more of a remake, but the, they they look they look fantastic. And um you know, Tony Pro, Tony Hawk Pro Skater is is one of those franchises that did really really well out of the gate but kind of continuously failed to capture that uh that initial hype as it went forward like they they had good games but they just kept going downward and downward in terms of not necessarily quality but in terms of reception so the Mm -hmm. fact that they're coming out with this remasters is a big deal and 
and could very well see a, a, a resurgence for, for skateboarding games because we really haven't had many lately. Yeah, I mean, it, it, they just, they weren't really a part of, I guess, like my experience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I just, I didn't kind of, I, I, obviously people play them, but I I don't really know anyone that, that got super into them. So I was a little bit surprised that it had the reception that it did because I thought that it was like outside, before I actually went on the internet, um, I thought that it was kind of... A, an odd thing to kick off your big like summer game announcement fest right i was like oh why huh i wonder why they went with that and it's like oh because apparently everybody loves tony hawk and his skateboarding games who knew and this is the thing (laughs) is um i think with this summer games fest we are going to see some very high profile announcements like they've already got you know ea uh, play in the schedule for june ubisoft has their digital event in july uh, microsoft has is going to have monthly events they they did one just recently with third party uh titles for their next gen uh it had kind of a middling response but i think <laughs> what's going to happen is is that with these next gen consoles, we are just expecting so much from from these reveals that uh, there are going to be some smaller reveals. And I mean, Jeff Keeley, he's a big guy in the industry, but I think what this what's so cool about Summer Games Fest is it is pulling in anybody who wants to be a part of this. Their uh, their uh, phase one sort of uh, partners. It's it's everybody and and anybody except Nintendo, un- unfortunately. Yeah, obviously, uh, and he did address that. <laughs> you say unfortunately, I say obviously because Nintendo always has to be off doing their own thing. But <laughs> well, I think the concern was there was an AMA that Jeff Keighley did, and uh, I know we're running long and we have to jet, but he he talked about people asked him obviously about Nintendo because Sony and Microsoft are there and and Nintendo wasn't and he basically said like we've had conversations with Nintendo when they have something they're ready to announce they'll happily they will have that conversation so it it just goes to show that I think Nintendo just isn't ready to talk about their summer plans and also they've always operated from the standpoint of like we announce shit days out not weeks or months right so yeah so they did they delayed their because normally they do an e3 direct right and they have delayed that until june so do we expect some sort of like crossover between nintendo's like e3 direct that they're doing in june with this summer games fest that jeff is putting together well here's the thing is like e3 is normally second week of june and Nintendo there has been reports that Nintendo is delaying their E3 direct from June to possibly August because a lot of their first party stuff just isn't ready. Um Oh, I thought their delay was like a couple of weeks to push them to like the end of June from when they normally would do it, but oh, okay. No, so yeah, that's, they That's further back than even than I had heard. <laughs> yeah, and phase 1 only covers May June or actually no, phase 1 of uh the announcement of phase 1 for Summer Games Fest only covers sort of uh you know may through mid-june so right up until yeah. the e3 time frame so the fact yeah. that nintendo isn't involved and and they have been involved with jeff Keeley's work with the game awards they did that big thing mm-hmm. with uh, every year usually they're always involved and uh i think the reason they're not included is because is due to this report that they are delaying um the report was basically you know we've uh 
they've reached out to their third party saying, hey, if you want to wait for us, that's great. If you don't, go ahead and announce, uh, you know, with, with other other means. But uh, we're happy to include you in the Nintendo Direct when we're ready because the E3 Direct is not just first party. It's it's third party as well. Um, right. But yeah, it's uh, this is just goes to show, like, as we've heard, a lot of the announcements that were due at E3 are going to be made early in May. We've seen some of them. And all the way through to August, you know, they are going to spread it out. And uh, yeah, it's it's just we're just going to have to play the waiting game. Um, but yeah, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1, 2, like I'm still hoping for the big bombshell. We haven't still had that. We haven't had that yet. There hasn't been anything mm-hmm. like totally mind blowing. And I don't know whether that's due to COVID-19 or just due to the fact that th- those games don't exist or they're waiting till july like it's so hard to. everyone does seem to be kind of uh like holding back we just saw the um xbox 2020 first look at the series x stuff and the stuff that they called gameplay was a lot of like in-game cinematic type stuff and a lot of smaller titles like the biggest thing that we saw come out of that whole conference was um the newest assassin's creed which is valhalla which I mean, I'm super stoked about because I love Assassin's Creed's period. But I mean, overall, it was not necessarily the presentation that we would expect out of like a next gen hype train, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think a lot of this working from home COVID stuff definitely is playing into that. I just hope that there's like a little bit more to it, I guess, <laughs> you know, like but you're right like so many things seem to be delayed and maybe it's just the announcements that are delayed i hope it's just the announcements that are delayed but yeah was there anything out of that series x um kind of conference that you thought was worthy of mention (laughs) uh you know i think um not really there's really nothing that kind of jumped out at me all of them all of those experiences uh looked interesting but nothing really sold the xbox series x to me and mm-hmm. i know i don't subscribe to the you know lower your expectations for next generation i think what we're going to see with these new consoles is maybe less um from a from a look and feel standpoint but more of a gameplay standpoint they're going to be able to crunch more numbers do more simulations without you noticing load times um the way they load stuff there's going to be a lot of improvements that we're really going to dig but uh maybe maybe gameplay isn't what what we put forward uh in terms of showing off next gen um but yeah those games look cool i just i'll probably play them on pc they didn't push me over the line on uh, <laughs> yeah Xbox on Series actually X. buying the the console yeah, yeah for which sure. is what i'm hoping for honestly like i mean i'm not i'm not rooting against any of these consoles i want them to show me something that makes me go shit i gotta figure out a way to to <laughs> to buy this thing right but uh yeah um I watched it. It was cool. I didn't. I wasn't able to see the Valhalla gameplay, but yeah, I heard it was. It's just more in-game cutscenes. It's like that's not gameplay, yeah, guys. That's not gameplay. Come on, you guys. Like you know, you should know better by now. <laughs> I know. And like, just yeah, gameplay is like some like someone clearly controlling. And I, I don't think there was any true gameplay from from the standpoint of like clearly someone's controlling something. These are just these are just uh, trailers, right? And. um I think that's how you have to put your your foot forward and and uh, it, there was there was gameplay with the Tony Hawk stuff so that's pretty good. 
Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's kind of what we have to look forward to for the next little while. We should start to kind of ramp up as we move through late May and into June into a lot of announcements of what's going to actually be coming out in the fall. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it because after like we were talking about the ESO expansion, uh, I'm not really sure what I'm going to play through the summer. So I need someone to tell me now <laughs> i need something to look forward to <laughs> well you have the last of us part two in june you've got uh man eater oh, right. that yeah. shark thing keep... yeah that's another yeah that's another may one though right that True. one comes out just before uh elder scrolls does i think there's Maybe just a summer lull right like you, yeah. this happens every there, year and there always is and it's probably because i'm just so much more like aware of it right now <laughs> because it's like what do you do <laughs> you stay at home and you work and you play games and you work and you play games and you work and you play games so <laughs> yeah i need to i need to mix it up with different games not not changing my schedule no that would be insanity <laughs> i just need to mix up the games part and play some different stuff <laughs> there you go I think that's pretty much going to do it for us tonight, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to join the conversation, you can head on over to our Discord, which is bit.ly slash TGI Discord. You can also follow us on on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn, at Joss Plays. Ryan is Dar Murphy. And don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers Inn. Thanks for staying with Gamers Inn. Remember, tune in next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone.